You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. A couple of weeks back, I talked about how when we use our minds normally, we're never going to move our lives forward. We're never going to change anything in our lives. We're never going to do what it takes to bring about the kind of change we would like to see because our minds, when they are used normally, are running on a loop. They're running on a loop of repetitive, pre-programmed, patterned thought. We've talked before about how the normal mind has about 70,000 of those thoughts rattling through its head every day all learned during our formative years. So we're always using the same thoughts. They were pre-programmed. They are patterned. They're repetitive. We're on a loop. And you can't change anything when you're using your mind that way. We use those thoughts to try to figure out what is going on in the here and now, and to try to figure out what we should do based on what our figuring out of what's going on in the here and now has enabled us to understand, or generally speaking, misunderstand. We talked about cognitive appraisal in our last session, how we take what is actually going on in the reality of the moment, put it through our cognitive sausage machine, use the 70,000 thoughts that we've been using every day since we were 12 or 13 years old, having learned them beforehand, to make sense of what is going on in the here and now and in the process, make absolute nonsense of what's going on in the here and now. It's no basis on which to decide how I should act now. And indeed, if I am using my mind normally, I don't need to decide how to act now because the automatic pilot that is using those 70,000 thoughts that has made up its mind in relation to what is going on in the here and now, your version of reality, it will make the choice for you and it'll make the choice for you automatically using the 70,000 thoughts that it has been using since adolescence. It'll make those automatic choices and you will be reacting to what you think is going on in the same way as you've always been reacting to similar situations that fit into that little box that your cognitive appraisal process would have put the current situation into. It's a recipe for nothing. It isn't a recipe for living. It's a recipe for making it through the day. It's a recipe for existing. It's a recipe for not falling down dead today. Basically, that's what we're wired to do. It's a recipe that ensures that if there's something anything that you want to change in your life it's not going to change until you change how you use your mind i've referred to the seventy thousand thoughts i've referred to them a lot over the course of the various podcast episodes that we have under our belt at this stage and i've referred to how those thoughts are first of all the stuff that we learned during our formative years they are the stuff that we call our baggage 
the baggage that burdens us, the baggage that we carry around with us as adults, the baggage on which we blame our behavior when it's way out of line. You know, I'm like this because of what my mother or father did to me. Oh, I'm becoming my father. Oh, no, I'm becoming my mother. Oh, it's because of what happened to me when I was a child. I had a dreadful childhood. That's all nonsense, because the baggage that you're carrying around with you only weighs on you because you're paying your attention to it. Now, granted, the automatic pilot is designed to pay attention to your baggage because that's what it uses to enable you to make it through the day. But were you to stop paying attention to your baggage, you'd have a clearer picture of what's going on in the here and now, and you begin to be able to understand what you need to do in the here and now, first of all, to act in the situation in which you find yourself rather than react to the situation that you think you find yourself in. You, you'd understand that much more, but you would also find yourself almost out in the fresh air of life, realizing that actually there are things I can do to bring about change in my life. There are decisions I can make and there are actions I can take. The only thing that's stopping you being out in that fresh air of the reality of the here and now, the wonderful, bracing fresh air of the life you were meant to live, is how you manage that to which you pay your attention. Now, as I said a minute ago, the automatic pilot automatically ensures that you pay attention to the thoughts in your own head, because that enables you to make it through the day whilst ensuring that you have enough of your attention left at your disposal to ensure that should a man or woman eating tiger leap from the bushes, it'll have all of your attention. So it all boils down to you deciding whether or not you're going to let your automatic pilot run the show. Now, obviously, you need to take steps, deliberate steps, to ensure that you choose to stop your automatic pilot running the show when appropriate. By the way, other times it will be appropriate to let your automatic pilot run the show. For example, you don't need to relearn how to drive your car every day. You don't need to relearn how to dress yourself every day. You have programs for that kind of everyday stuff. Unless you're going to use one of those everyday occurrences as an exercise in paying full attention to what you're doing, and I often recommend that to people, by the way, I often call it mini meditation, but unless you're going to do that, you're in safe hands allowing your automatic pilot do that kind of stuff for you on autopilot. Unfortunately, once the automatic pilot kicks in in the morning, for example, when you're putting your socks on, it's going to take over the day ahead in the way in which it always has taken over the day ahead. And you're on a slippery slope from allowing your automatic pilot to put your socks on to allowing your automatic pilot to set your mood for the day or the moment, or allowing your automatic pilot attempt to make sense and in the process make nonsense of what is going on in the here and now. We need to be discerning as human beings who want to change our lives, we need to be discerning in terms of how and when we allow our automatic pilot to do something for us, and how and when we stop our automatic pilot doing something against us. Anytime you allow your automatic pilot free reign to decide what it thinks is going on in the here and now, you're allowing your automatic pilot do something against you. 
We've explained this before because the automatic pilot is going to use out of date data, some of the 70,000 thoughts rattling around in your head, and allow you come to a conclusion, an erroneous conclusion of what is going on in the here and now. Now, we cover that from a slightly different angle last week, but it's all part and parcel of what I want to talk about in this episode. And indeed, what we will talk about in the next episode, because as I said a moment ago, this autopilot in your head will use some of the 70,000 thoughts available to it in your stored knowledge to get a handle on what's going on in the here and now. All of that will be colored by some of the more fundamental 70,000 thoughts that you have in your own head that make up your picture of who you think you are. But we're going to deal with that next week. And it's actually ultimately the most fundamental question of all, knowing who you are. For now, for now, I want to talk about the follow on from last week's conversation with regard to not having a clue what's actually going on to developing your ability to understand how you should behave yourself in the here and now, the choices that you have in the here and now, and the decisions that you need to make in the here and now. So let's pause for a moment. I need to ensure that I don't allow my automatic pilot ruin my day as a result of it making up automatic scenarios for what it thinks is going on, which may bear no more than a passing resemblance to what is actually going on. In actual fact, it will probably bear little resemblance at all because it's using stuff from the past. We've talked about that before to make sense of the here and now. We talked last week about how you can begin to disengage the automatic pilot when it matters. Now, of course, the problem is we never know when it matters because something significant could happen to you now. And if you have your automatic pilot on, you'll miss it completely. We'll talk about opportunities uh, later. We've talked about opportunities and how we failed to spot them before. But we'll come back to that too. The key point, the first key point that I want to make today is that you and I need to alter that to which we pay our attention. We talked about baggage a minute ago. We talked about how people are burdened by their baggage or find it easy to blame their baggage for their inappropriate or bad behavior now or for not taking action to change their lives. That baggage is going to be always with you. You can't leave your baggage in a left luggage office somewhere and just walk away from it. It is part and parcel of your learning. It's not part and parcel of who you are. It's just part and parcel of your learning. So, you know, an awful lot of people say to me, oh, to change my life, I need to, first of all, figure out why I am this way. No, you don't, because it happened in the past. It has nothing to do with where your life is lived in the here and now. People will often say to me as well, well, I need to change some of those thoughts. No, you don't. That stuff you learned when you were young and impressionable, you ain't going to change it now. People often say to me, well, I need to have positive thoughts instead of negative thoughts. No. They're just thoughts as well. What we need to do is disengage our thinking brain, our model-minded thinking brain, and allow our being brain and our doing brain do what it does best. And that is enable us to move from moment to moment, achieving what we want to achieve 
moment to moment. That's how it was built. It was built with a particular objective in mind, the objective of survival. But as these conversations evolve, you will begin to understand that you can set your mind to new objectives and then allow it to do, as I said a moment ago, what it does best. Move you forward moment to moment effortlessly to enable you to do just what you need to do to move in the direction you'd dearly like your life to go or dearly love your life to go. Why not? To do this, we don't need to understand why we have those thoughts. We don't need to understand what happened to us when we were young and impressionable. We don't need to think different thoughts, and we don't need to have an argument with ourselves by having positive thoughts to counter our negative thoughts. God knows there's enough noise going on in the normal mind as it is without adding to it. No. What we need to do is change how we pay our attention. You see, on automatic pilot, automatically, our subconscious mind pays attention to those 70,000 thoughts. They're the programs that enable us to make it through the day, pure and simple. That's ordinarily. Ordinarily, thinking that way gets us into difficulties because we keep repeating the same automatic reactions. We keep making the same mistakes. We keep getting in our own way. What we need to do is stop our automatic pilot paying attention to those thoughts. And it's awfully simply done. And you know what I'm going to say, but I'm explaining it perhaps in a different way here today. We need to meditate to ensure that we develop our ability to pay attention to what our senses are telling us without the intervention of the automatic pilot using outdated program thought to cover what is actually going on with its veneer of what it thinks is going on. Therefore, when we meditate, we turn on what cognitive psychology calls our attentional spotlight. In other words, we're actually paying attention to what's actually going on. The more you develop your ability, and it's an innate ability that we all have, to pay attention to what is actually going on, the less and less your automatic pilot is going to pay attention to the thoughts, the baggage that have been getting in your way. That has a number of knock-on effects. Number one, I free myself from my own baggage. The baggage is still there, but I freed myself from it. By not giving my attention to it anymore, by starving it of my attention, I have starved it of the power that it has over me. I am actually taking its power away. It's actually more effortless than that because simply paying attention to, for example, as one does when one formally meditates, maybe perhaps breathing in and out, by paying attention to that, I'm diverting my attention. I'm not pulling it away from the thoughts that hold me back. I'm pulling it towards what is actually going on and what I feel when I take a deep breath in and let that deep breath back out. Meditation enables me to pay attention to what is real. Now that's at kind of the surface level. Below the surface, neuroscientifically, in our neurological hardware, when we turn on the attentional spotlight, we begin to restructure the attentional spotlight 
the actual neural pathways in our attentional spotlight, we begin to restructure the key components of what I described earlier on as our being and doing brain, so that we begin to fully understand moment to moment what is really going on, and we begin to be able to act with that knowledge under our belt rather than automatically knee-jerk react as we always have to what we thought was going on. In other words, let me put it really simply. When I pay attention to the moment, when I starve my baggage of my attention, I liberate myself from that baggage. And I begin to realize that the baggage that I have been carrying around with me is a suitcase full of nothings. Because they're only something when I give them the power to be something. They are only an impediment to me when I pay them my attention. When I stop paying them my attention as a result of my redeveloping my innate ability to pay attention to the present moment, I have a totally different experience of what is going on, a totally different perspective on the reality of the moment. And I begin to understand the choices I have in the moment to act rather than react. This is literally life-changing because what happens is I begin to understand what is going on free of what I think about the other people involved, free of the pre-programmed assumptions that I always carry around with me that enable me, and clearly that's the wrong word, understand what is going on, and free from my own inhibitions because we all carry inhibitions with us as a result of our baggage they're not real but we think they're real as long as we give those thoughts our attention but once i stop i am free of those inhibitions as well and what does that mean it means first of all not only will i be able to do what i need to do in the present moment in other words not only will i be able to act rather than react i'll be able to do it without second-guessing myself, without saying to myself, oh, I'd be uncomfortable saying that or doing this, without saying to yourself, well, I'll put that off till tomorrow, or without saying to yourself, well, I'm not the kind of person who would actually do that, even though you know it's the right thing to do. Those inhibitions are gone because those inhibitions only came from the baggage to which you're no longer giving your attention. You're suddenly liberated from all of the stuff that gets in your way when you are deciding moment to moment, what should I actually do? You know, just before I recorded this podcast, I recorded my video for this Thursday's edition of The Mind Boggles. I don't know if you get The Mind Boggles, you receive it in your inbox every Thursday morning. I've been sending out free videos, tips, reflections and normal crazy people stories since December 2008. There's about 720, 730 of them at this stage. But the video I just recorded started with the words, 
I regularly get the question, a day doesn't go by when I don't get the question, how will I deal with dot, dot, dot. And that could be how will I deal with anything that is happening in any moment of my life. So it could be, how, how will I deal with somebody who treats me that way? How will I deal with a difficult situation at home? How will I deal with, as somebody said to me a few days ago, an out of control teenager? How will I deal with the way in which my relationship is going apparently from bad to bad? It doesn't really go from bad to worse because it couldn't because most relationships are on the loop because there's 140,000 normal crazy thoughts involved in a relationship with just two people. How will I behave myself in this interview? How will I deal with the situation in which I find myself at work when I'm dealing with, for example, a bully? How do I deal with this? How do I deal with that? How do I deal with the other? You cast your mind back to a couple of weeks ago. I made the point that when you are operating on autopilot using your mind normally, you don't know where you are. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what to do. You've no idea what decisions should be made. And ultimately, unfortunately, you've no idea who you are. The other point that we'll come across in the next couple of weeks is most people don't know where they want to go in life either, which is an interesting one, but we'll spend more time on that as we go. When I am present, when, and by present I mean when I have turned up with all senses firing on all cylinders in the here and now, when I am paying attention to what is actually going on in the here and now, that's what I mean by presence. When I am present like that, in other words, when I know what's actually going on, I know what I need to do. I know what I need to say, and I know how to deal with any situation in which I find myself, whether it is a challenging situation with which I am confronted or an opportunity that I can grasp. I'll know what to do because I will know what's going on. And I will know how to behave myself and how to act instead of react. When we are present, everything changes. First of all, the dynamic between me and the other person in, say, a difficult situation or a conflict situation, it completely changes because I'm not reacting to them anymore. I am doing what it takes to resolve the situation or move the situation on or get myself out of the situation. I mean, we've talked before about freeing yourself from what my wife calls the energy vampires, people who want to drag you into their drama so that they can take some of your energy, so that they can steal some of your attention because they're very bad at approving of themselves. And if they get some of your attention, it'll paper over the cracks of their own perceived lack of self-esteem. When I'm present, I'm going to free myself from that nonsense because I'm not going to allow myself to be dragged into that drama. As I've said to people on many occasions over the years, if you're sitting down meditating, and if you have decided to sit calmly and peacefully in a quiet place, in a particular way, in other words, a particular posture, and you've closed your eyes and you're taking a few deep breaths and you suddenly feel the urge to scratch an itch on your nose. If you learn not to scratch the itch when you're meditating, 
you will learn not to scratch other people's itches during the cut and thrust of ordinary everyday life. I recollect a conversation many years ago with a very good friend of mine who was telling me that he'd been called in by his daughter's teacher over an argument that, in fact, the teacher had initiated at school. Daughter was suffering from a heavy head code at the time, and he had written the daughter a note to absolve her from going to the class's swimming lesson on a Tuesday afternoon. On the Wednesday, normal half-day Wednesday, the daughter came home at lunchtime in floods of tears with a note from the teacher saying that she wasn't allowed to go to the theatre with her class that afternoon. So my friend rang the teacher and the teacher said, you need to come in and talk to me. So he went in to talk to her. And basically the teacher said, your daughter can't pick and choose as to what she does in this school. If your daughter wasn't well enough to go swimming yesterday, your daughter isn't well enough to go to the theater this afternoon. Now, as my friend said to me, I could have chosen to scratch that teacher's itch. I could have got involved in her little drama. I could have had an argument with her. In fact, normally I would have had an argument with her. But I said to myself, I'm not going to scratch that itch. And he said, that's fine. That's your decision. You're the boss. He got up and walked out and she was left there waiting to have the argument that she would have otherwise relished. He went home to his daughter and his daughter said, am I going to the theatre? He said, no. And she said, why not? He said, I decided not to get involved in the teacher's drama. She said, but the teacher is wrong. And he said, yes, this world is full of normal, crazy people. And you're going to have to learn sooner or later to deal with them. You need to ensure that you never allow somebody the pleasure of dragging you into their drama. Let it pass. Everything in life arises and passes. Was it the right thing to do? Was it the wrong thing to do? Well, the guy was in a clear and present state of mind when he decided to himself, I'm not going to scratch that itch. I know what's going on here. I know what she is looking for. And I'm not going to give it to her. You know, as somebody else said to me, only this morning in another conversation, surely that is in direct contradiction of me saying that you always need to do what you need to do to get to where you want to go. And as we've said earlier in this particular episode here today, if I'm present, if I've parked my baggage, if I've starved it of my attention, I'll always know what to do. I'll always know how to do the right thing. And in this case, my friend did nothing. Well, doing nothing is doing something. It's deciding not to do something that you shouldn't be doing. Action, real action as distinct from reaction, comes in all shapes and sizes. Sometimes in life, the best thing that you can do is nothing, or the best thing you can say is nothing. The best thing you can do is keep your mouth firmly shut. How will you know what to do? As I said a few minutes ago, as people keep asking me, how will I deal with dot, 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 whatever dot, dot, dot is, you'll know when you're present. You will know what decisions you need to make moment to moment. And I'm not talking about big decisions. I'm talking about little choices. 
the choices we need to make moment to moment to move our lives in the direction we would dearly love them to go. Now, I said earlier on in this particular episode that most people don't know where they want their life to go, and most people don't. But that isn't what I just said to you. What I just said to you was dearly love your life to go. It's a different thing altogether, and it's something we will explore as these conversations evolve over the next couple of weeks. For now, for now, the key thing you need to realize is that it's not the big decisions in life that are important. Well, yes, they are, I suppose, if they're big decisions, but it's the little decisions in life that are important to the point that if you don't get them right, you're never going to arrive at a situation where you have the opportunity to make the grand decisions in life that will move your life effortlessly in the direction you'd love it to go. So what direction would you love your day to go today? This is an easy one. This is actually a really easy question because it's really a black and white question. There are really only two answers to this. Do you want your day to be a repeat performance of every other normal crazy day because you're operating on autopilot? In other words, do you want your day to be another struggle and another trudging through the day so that you make it back to bed this evening? That's option one. Option two is, do you want to soar today? Do you want to fly? Do you want to enjoy yourself? Do you want to have fun? Come what may, do you want to move through the day effortlessly? There are the choices. A, do I want to stay ordinary, normal, crazy? Or B, do I want to live extraordinarily in the here and now? Because it's in the here and now that you live your life. That makes the choice of deciding to pay attention to the moment of breathing in and out. It makes it an extraordinarily easy choice to make. Okay, in the next minute, you might make the wrong choice because you're back on automatic pilot, but it doesn't mean you can't change that the moment after. And the interesting thing is that the more you decide I'm opting for option two, the effortless option. The more you decide that, the more you'll get to the point where your subconscious mind will begin to make that decision effortlessly for you. Because once you develop your ability to be present in the moment and to see, feel, hear, smell and taste what is actually going on, even though you fall by allowing your automatic pilot make the wrong choice for you, that'll pass just like the teacher trying to have her itch scratched, if you pardon the expression, that'll pass. Everything arises, everything passes. And in this now, this new now, this never to be repeated now, you can choose option two. I want the effortless option. And if the effortless option only lasts five minutes, that's cool. After six minutes, you can say, ah, I choose the effortless option again. And the key point about that is that every time you choose the effortless option, the choice of making the effortless option grows on you. It's like a snowball, a rolling snowball. This making these little choices moment to moment is the stuff of creating the life that you would dearly love to live. Because the life you would dearly love to live starts in this moment. Choose option two. You've been listening to succeed just let go to get involved join me in my facebook group strangely enough called to succeed just let go 
and for more information visit www.willy-dash.com